Yeah, my name is John Foster. I'm co-owner of Fight League Atlantic here on the East Coast of Canada. You're listening to Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host, Justin Williams. And you know, I'm never alone. I got the man with me, the myth, the legend, the one who makes my voice sound good, the one who writes most of our NFT articles. This man will help you win money off of anything NFT. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't yet, please go to our website, prosportspodcasters.com. Hit that subscribe and follow newsletter, and you'll get one every month. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the guy who I consider an idol, Colbert Durand. Kobe, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. How's it going in Saskatchewan? Oh, living the dream out here. It's a bombing like 27 degrees and for some reason no wind. So that's suspicious. And uh, it's actually clear blue skies. And after this, I think I might fucking hit a farmer's market. I'm not too sure. We'll see what's up. All right, buddy. All right. Let's talk some MMA. Well, I was going to say we have a guest with us today who actually, Kobe, he owns, he's part owner of an actual league. How crazy is that? I missed him the first time he was on here. He's from the Atlantics. He's East Coast. I'm East Coast-ish. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome part owner of the FLA, that is the Fight League Atlantic, John Foster. John, how you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime. So I missed the first part of this interview back when you guys first came on, and I'm sure maybe some of our fans also kind of missed it, our new ones that are picking up. Can you quickly go over how and why you got started in FLA? Uh, I mean, the short story is did jiu-jitsu tournaments for a long time as well, did uh... – my partner, Derek Clark, <clears throat> we did jiu-jitsu tournaments, and then he got into doing, like, pro-am grappling shows. Did a lot of those, running pay-per-views and that. And then we were both kind of, I guess, getting to the end of, you know, running jiu-jitsu. It's got time for a change. There's a lot of other jiu-jitsu tournaments coming up and that. We talked, and, uh, you know, I just I just said, man, like, let's do MMA. And he was like, I'm already literally thinking the same thing and, and getting it going. So, yeah, we partnered up. And uh, started FLA, man, and we started from the ground with with what money we scraped together ourselves and bought a cage and went from there. Got through COVID, and that was a you know a struggle, obviously. And then once we once we got out of that, it's been pretty much full steam ahead now. I mean, we had one show, we hit COVID a couple of weeks later, literally, literally. It was three or four weeks. It wasn't very much. And then since then, I mean, we just did FLA 10 on Saturday, so we've come a long ways. That's brilliant. Now, we're looking at your FLA 10 kind of outcome there, and Kobe and I have a similar question where we're going over there, where Rob Logan and Jay Cunningham were fighting at 209. Was that a catchweight bout? Yeah. So what happened there, Jake was supposed to fight for an amateur title. His opponent okay. dropped out. Rob popped up online was like, hey, like, you know, basically let's make this happen. It was something that was talked about in the past quite a bit, actually, him and Jake fighting. They did a Kumite together. You know, not, not a lot happened in that match. It was kind of slow. And then, so anyway, it was kind of perfect timing. Rob 
Rob had turned pro in boxing, so he had to go pro. Jake was down with turning pro. I mean, he, you know, he was ready. So they took the fight at pro at 205. <laughs> Jake had a bit of an injury, I think, and was a little worried about making the weight. So then he, you know, he contacted us, contacted Rob, and him and Rob ended up talking together, I, I, I think, you know, on the internet and, and hashed out the details of how they were going to make this fight happen and give Jake a few more pounds. Because you will see that Rob did weigh in at 205 for that fight still, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was Jake. He just wanted to get ahead of it. He was a little bit worried about getting down all the way to 205. He ended up weighing in 208.6 or something, but 209 – on paper, non-title fight gives him 210. That's why it's listed at 209 and not 210. Oh. Yeah, but he was only three and a half pounds over 205 anyway, um, which would have been a 206 with allowance, right? So mm-hmm. depending on the province you're in, you get a pound, right, for the for your shorts. I mean, I think that's pretty much anywhere, actually, except for title fights. I mean, I know it's standard on the East Coast. But anyway, yeah, I mean, that that's the whole story. That, that's why I ended up at that catch weight, and that's why – that fight kind of got juggled around a little bit. So, yeah, they took it. You know, both of them, pro debut. And, I mean, I think you probably saw how, how it went. It was it was a wild fight while it lasted. I need to go kind of rewatch that. We noticed, too, that most of your fights kind of went to the first round. I guess that's something you... Uh, it was... You- FLA 10 was crazy. I mean, <laughs> we, <laughs> it was a wild night of fights. I mean, we had... Two massive fights on that card fall apart, uh, mm-hmm. one on Thursday and one on weigh-in day. That was brutal. But the what card happened? was still stacked. Well, on Thursday, fighter from British Columbia, uh, Michael Hill, went to the airport for the flight that was already booked and everything else. Everything else was in place, and they wouldn't let him on the plane because he had an expired ID and a damaged ID. This is just wild. <laughs> so he just he obviously ran into someone at the airport with a – hair up their ass and they just decided to ruin everyone's day so that happened that's how that fight fell apart blew my mind blew everyone's mind devastating for christian devastating for michael anyway very unfortunate we had a 185 pound title fight as well on that card dorian dokai and john moore both of them flown in they get on the scale dorian missed weight john moore's team decided to turn the fight down because of that so we lost the title fight and we lost the Christian Savoie fight. We still had our main event, Alderic Keith versus Roberto Pexley. We still had Jericho McPhee's fight, who's another guy that's main evented an FLA card in the past. And we had the Jake and Rob fight. So we still had a stacked card, but it was supposed to be like even more stacked, basically. I think I think it was like four or five guys that had main evented an FLA show were all on this card. And yeah, it was crazy. You know, the, the the new guys that came out, like this Ben Lee's kid, and, and just it was it was second round finish, second round finish, decision, first round, 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 <laughs> or whatever. It was wild. We we had intermission, we came back, and we were done. Like it was just like first round, first round, first round, first round. Dun 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 dun. dun. Did you tell Gone. the judges to give the money back? <laughs> they may as well. I mean, you know, the referees were doing 30 second stints. Like, it was wild. <laughs> Everyone's hammered, right? Because they got nothing. Oh, to do. dude. It was, uh, it was wild. I mean, the, the fights were done by like 9 30, right? They always started at seven sharp. And uh, yeah, but no complaints. Like, it was, it was a night of fireworks. It was really great. I mean, the fighters all showed up. I don't know. I was like, there was a little more, might have been a little more intensity 
I don't know. It just kind of seemed like, you know, FLA 10 felt like a bigger deal for everybody just to hit that milestone. So it was awesome. Everyone brought it. Brilliant. We love when that, uh, when a good plan comes together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now some of those fights that fell through, did they get, are they getting pushed to FLA 11? Well, the Michael Hill one won't just because, I mean, if he can't get on a plane, he's in BC, that makes that difficult. But we are, you know, still talking with Christian and we love to get him on a card this fall. We still have a card in September and another one in November booked for this year. John and Doran, I don't know. I don't know. We got to talk to these guys and see, like, <clears throat> I don't know if they'd accept that fight again to come all the way from here um, with a weight miss. I mean, it was 1.9 pounds. Mm-hmm. Because of the title fight, there's no pound allowance. You know, if it was a non-title fight, it wouldn't have been a .9 miss. So, you know, he can make the weight, but uh, unfortunately this time he didn't, right? It was the first time. Uh, it was his seventh pro fight. First time he ever ever missed weight, right? So, unfortunately, he landed on that day. And John wasn't undefeated guy. Like, he's 3-0. and This win would have put him, put him to 4-0, and which is a really good position, right? Yeah. But a loss, I mean, I think in my opinion, you know, a loss at this point, he's going to need two or three wins to get that back afterwards right you know what i mean to kind of put himself back in that same position so i can understand why his team did that it was unfortunate but yeah i don't know we'll see man we'll see what the future brings i mean the dorian christian rematch is something we wanted to put together on on this card all along but he initially decided to take a deal with another promotion that just uh promised him a lot and didn't deliver on anything so after that all fell apart he came back looking for a fight but we already had dorian booked at that point so yeah, man. I mean, there's a whole, there's, I mean, there's just a whole lot that goes on the back end of these cards. You know, this card started out with two amateur title fights and a pro title fight and ended up with no title fights. <laughs> Come on, right? Exactly. Now, how did, uh, how was the turnout at the uh, Tantramar Civic Center in Sackville, New Brunswick? It wasn't bad, man. The Tantramar Civic Center. <clears throat> so it's the second time we've been there now, but it's just an awesome little venue. It's a great layout uh, for the arena. Um, but, there, you know, there's no big windows, so you have still the darkness, so you get all your lighting working for you properly and everything else. But it's it's a great atmosphere, man. When the crowd pops in that place, it's, it fills it. It's not a big spot, so it's, yeah, it's great. Now, for those of you that don't know, all FLA events are pay-per-view events. Who mm-hmm. handles the filming for you? We have a whole crew of our own. That are local? Yeah, they're our own guys. We have uh, we have a team that Derek worked with uh, with our main guy, Danny, who uh, does the directing and everything else and operates it. He's been working with them for, for years. He did all his submission grappling shows with them back in the day. So when we started FLA right away, we, we host our pay-per-view in-house. You know, Danny brings his whole crew. They're all basically our guys and... Uh, we film it and uh, broadcast it, and all we buy is bandwidth. Okay. And something yeah. you had mentioned about how when you got started, you know, you scrounged up the money together, you bought a cage. So yeah. something that we've been talking about lately on this particular podcast is the fact the effect that different size cages have because there isn't really mm-hmm. a set standard, right? Where, where did you get your cage? China. <laughs> you order it from China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and if you don't want me asking, how much does a, a mixed martial arts cage go for? Well, now it's a lot different. Like, I mean, I don't even want to say what we paid for ours. When we, when we got it, it was a good deal. Like, a lot of it's aluminum, so it's much easier to transport in that. And then, like, the main structure is made out of steel. 
But like a decent cage now to get out of the States would be like 40, 50 grand probably. Like they get up there real fast. And talking with other promotions, like <clears throat> they're buying cages that are like $200,000. Oh. But one of the downsides of ordering from overseas was in freight. It got damaged so bad. When it got here, the doors were built improperly. So we ended up having to have the doors refabricated with the locking mechanisms and everything else and the way the hinges were hid behind the corner pads. And uh, we also had to repair a bunch of damage. It was like they drove a forklift through the side of the walls. It was crazy. They bent the steel posts on a bunch of them. And so that, you know, there was hurdles we had to overcome. I mean, we bought ours like four years ago. You know what I mean? We probably paid half what we had to pay for one today. Just with inflation and with like uh, freight from freight from overseas now for anything like yeah. uh, you nuts. know you buy textiles and I think it's it's doubled tripled you know so so that would be a big deal now too like this was like multiple pallets like our cage is huge like it's over four thousand pounds right now there are sanctioning bodies for fights for mixed martial arts tournaments is there someone that comes and tests your cage or checks your cage. It's inspected every time, yeah. So it's it's constructed. We have a crew for that. It's all put together, cleaned up, cleaned up, wiped down, vacuumed, and then there's a commission members and, and the officials do it as well. And maybe it's just the officials that do it for the commission, but there's a ring inspector and there's there's like multiple people that literally go around and check all like the seams and the padding and check the doors and the hinges and the corner pads and there's a full inspection to make sure there's nothing, you know, nothing sharp sticking out or anything anyways anyone could get, could get hurt right like, you gotta be able to get in that cage and trust that that's gonna hold you there while someone tries to like smash you through the side of it so you know yeah have they ever said anything previous to an event during the expansion i don't know yeah yeah they, i mean one time a guy found you know a little uh it's like a little pin that was turned around backwards or something like that like it's, it's always like little things like that like you know you know a couple times maybe tape this up or you know Watch this, move this, cut this off. That's it. There's nothing. It's, it's crazy, man. Like these, these are things you don't even think about. No, but it's important, right? Because, yeah, yeah, you know, if you hit something the wrong way or get rubbed against it and, it, and it's got a point on it, like, yeah, it's 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 very strictly regula- re- regulated. Like, when I talk to people and, you know, I'm talking about, oh, yeah, you know, what up to you? Oh, I'll try to get these fighters through the medicals or whatever, and... You know, they they don't have any idea. Like, you know, you can go play hockey and get cross-checked in the head with no medicals. But to fight, you know, you need like a battery of medicals. So you got to go through. So it's it's wild. Like people, you know, can't believe how much stuff they have to go through. And it's, you know, that plus your regular stuff that expires, like your blood work and your eyes. And, you know, as you get older, your EKGs, you know, it's crazy. Are you ready to stay fit this winter? Get off the couch with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. Sign up now to their mobility and movement program. Use the code PSP15 to get 15% off the one-time purchase of the program. Then it's yours forever. No additional subscriptions or fees. The program is available worldwide. Now, back to the show. And who pays for the commissions to do all these checks? Is that on them? It's all done by doctors. The commission just reviews the medical reports. So everyone has to take the sheet, you know, the sheets that and all the list of requirements and go to their doctor. And they have to do a physical and then they have to do blood work and they have to do an EKG and they have to do a chest x-ray and 
all this stuff through the medical system, and then the reports are brought back and uh, given to the commission and then reviewed by the commission doctors. And then after that, they get cleared medically, and then they have to be licensed, and then they can fight, and then they get checked by a doctor after weigh-ins, and they get checked by a doctor before and after the fight. And, yeah, it's it's strict. Holy shit, man. It's a fight game, man. Like, you know what I mean? And and if you break it down in the simplest form, like, you're getting in there to try to shut somebody down as fast as you can, and they're going to do the same thing to you. There's a referee to stop you from getting seriously hurt, and there's rules in place, for, you know, for the same exact reason. So, yeah. I mean, worst case for our sport is if somebody got seriously injured or, or you know, God forbid, died. Like, it happens in hockey and other sports, but we're not those sports. It's fighting. So if yeah. that happens, everyone's just going to be like, you guys are done. You're crazy. You know, statistically, it's quite safe. But, you know, like a lot of the injuries are superficial. But, yeah, you just, you just can't be too careful. I mean, it's literally, you know, the damage game. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. So jumping back over real, like to my side real quick, the – you guys ordered your cage from China. What about your belts? Um, Pakistan, I believe, is where they're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you think they're coming from? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somewhere overseas as well, man. These new <laughs> ones we got, I swear to God, are like 20 pounds. <laughs> they're awesome. I'm yeah, so they're super heavy. <laughs> I'm so curious. Like, are you using AliExpress? Like, how do you find these websites? Oh, man, it's so easy to get stuff overseas now. I mean, I was buying jiu-jitsu geese over in Pakistan, you know, 10, 15 years ago. It was a lot harder back then. But, yeah, you can just Google that stuff. Or There's lots of suppliers. I mean, start a business. They'll contact you. We get, you know, <laughs> I have I have gyms and I have the fight promotion and stuff, and we get contacted constantly, you know, trying to there sell you, you martial arts uniforms or whatever. Yeah, we've got a good contact over there that we use. You know, we buy our own gloves and shorts and things like that. And we get all that stuff overseas. Perfect. Now, you're one of the few promotions that I know of personally that has titles for the actual belts for their amateurs. Mm -hmm. Was that something that was always a thing or is that something you want to do to separate yourself from other promotions? Um, no, it's been a thing. I mean, I have an amateur belt from 10 years ago or whatever it was. So... It's been a thing for a while, and I mean, maybe because of that, I just kind of always saw it as a thing, right? So when we started our promotion, it was it was never even a question. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, our belts do say amateur or professional, though. They do say that on them. Yeah. That's, yeah. How do you guys come up with the designs for them? The belt designs were, were done by the manufacturers, and we just picked picked what we liked, what elements we wanted to keep, and what we wanted to get rid of. Like... Our belts are nice, but they're not a fifty thousand dollar one FC belt or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> yeah, it's not possible. They're a nice trophy. They're heavy. Yeah, I got one in my office here right now. They're they're sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Just vibing out. Does every champion get a new belt, or do they get like a diamond put on or nothing? New belt. Oh, that's so cool. Because I know the UFC stuff. They do that, yeah. So you see people with like a bunch of them, right? But, you know, we've got guys that have won multiple belts from us with kumites and different things like that. And it's cool. You know, I see them displayed up in their gyms and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, you get a new belt every time. So you can literally collect belts. Oh, that's so cool. 
I love that. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like a swag thing you get to keep. Why not? Oh, big time, dude. My old belt I won forever ago is up in my gym, just on like the file cabinet, sits on the file cabinet for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you guys ever do a, a BMF belt style for your FLA? I don't know. I mean, anything's possible. For, I mean, like a gimmick belt, you mean, right? If we thought it would sell That's tickets, cool. man, probably. <laughs> Speaking of selling tickets, actually, how do you decide which venue to host a uh, a fight? Well, a lot of it's venue availability. Um, you know, we've got a pretty good list of venues that we've worked with now and that we have, you know, good working relationships with. But <clears throat> for us, we want to move between New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. We want to try new new places like Windsor, and you know, and we've got another new one to start. Uh, we're going to be in next year. So, yeah, I mean... That's really it. We're just trying to spread the shows out. You don't want to oversaturate the same place. But uh, also, you know, there's fighters from Nova Scotia. So they want to fight in Nova Scotia and there's fighters from New Brunswick and they want to fight in New Brunswick. And, you know, both commissions want us there doing doing shows in their provinces. So it's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But most of it, like, we're using rinks and stuff, right? So when's the ice in? When's the ice not in? Can this rink cover it? Can this rink not? It, it, that's what it depends on a lot. And that's how we basically ended up setting the schedule we're on now. Okay. All right. And would you ever branch over to Newfoundland at all? Oh, 100%. We've actually looked into it. I say 100%. We would 100% love to. And we've actually talked to both commissions about it and talked to people in the government over there in Newfoundland who seem to know less about it than the commissions did here, to be honest with you. But (laughs) basically, what is my understanding, according to the commissions here, um, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, is Newfoundland has the laws in place for an athletic commission, a combat sports commission, but nobody to run it. So nobody sits on it. But if we brought a commission with us to Newfoundland, we should legally be able to do a show there. So if we brought the commission guys that we work with all the time over to Newfoundland and paid everyone's way over, it should be a possibility. Now, when I was talking to a gentleman, I think it was from tourism and reached out to us about doing shows. And we're like, absolutely. We've already looked into this. And then he got back to me. He was like, "Never mind, It's not possible. And I wrote back and was like, actually, if you do this, it should be possible. Like I've looked into this before. And he was like, Oh, sweet. Let me get back to you. And then never did. So we, we would like to go to Newfoundland. I'm from Newfoundland. You know what I mean? Like, so it would be awesome to go back. I haven't been there in forever. And, and I think, I just think as a, as a, population like if you could land in somewhere central like gander grand falls or in st john's obviously would be the best or maybe even corner brook i don't know like i think you could pack a place and have an awesome time like we've had you know several fighters from newfoundland come over to our shows now and compete um i mean there's guys from newfoundland there saturday again so absolutely it'd be, it'd be awesome yeah <laughs> you just need one of them to win a championship and take it back home you know what? And that would probably be ideal scenario to be like, we've got this hometown kid that's like a hit. Then you could go over and know that he's going to have like a fan base there as your as your your base, and then go from there. Right? Absolutely. Please, for sure. Yeah. Now, who are your sort of top champions? Who's the biggest draw for you? Who we got a few. You know, I mean. We've got guys been coming up like Christian Savoie, obviously the massive name. The show we did with him in January was huge. Cam Nelson's another one who's uh, got a real good following. Like you know, most of the guys from PEI bring bring a crowd with them. Drake Farrell's another one. Like he won a couple Kumites, won an amateur title, have a devastating finish in his pro debut. 
Yeah, there's a number of guys. They would be right at the top for sure. You know, the guys that are pro and turn and pro. And then, uh, you know, you've got some amateurs that have a pretty good following, but by the time they start to hit, they're, they're turning pro. So, yeah. Okay, your next event, FLA 11, September 30th in Nova mm-hmm. Scotia. What do you know or what do we know already about that particular event? What fights are on the card? We have a couple of amateur fights finalized right now, and we're rounding out the rest of it. So I really can't say too much about it, but it will be a pro-am card as well. Um, we are looking actually, um, we're just figuring logistics now. Um, I'll tell you to, to expand the weekend into more of a a Friday, Saturday event. So yeah, I don't want to say too much about that right now because (laughs) now this public, but yeah, we're, we're going to do a a big, like a whole weekend thing that weekend. We've got a, a big event planned and it'll all end on an MMA show for FLA 11. So it'll be, yeah, it's going to be fun. And no changes to pay-per-view costs or anything? Nope, that's all going to stay the same. Tickets going to stay the same and, you know, this and that. I mean, it's one of the things we talk about, but, you know, we, we provide a really good value for what we charge and we don't want to put it up and price people out. You know what I mean? We want we want our fan base or our, you know, viewership to grow. So we're we're priced accordingly and we've, we've talked about it many times and feel like we're good. And last for me, before I toss it back to Justin, have you guys considered adding maybe a paywall to your website? What do you mean? Like a a selection of the website that you can subscribe to for specific information, additional information. Oh, yeah, like a subscription service? We have, actually. Like, See, one of the things is our, all our full, full shows, you know, we have in our library and we release only the highlights. So yeah. the full shows have never been released. So, I mean... A subscription service, and however we figure that out, if we do, yeah, like a like a you know spot on the website, or you do an app or whatever, mm-hmm. it would be awesome. I mean, to be able to share a library that way, but also use the revenue to to grow it and and create more content for it, right? Like more of a fight pass kind of setup. Yeah, you know, bare knuckle, just what everyone's doing the subscription service thing now, and I think that'd be an awesome way to generate you know, more year round steady revenue for the company and give the people that want the content all the content they can handle basically. And yeah, I, that, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause when I look, when I look into, you know, past fighters and such past events on, on your website and such, I'm always looking for more. I'm always kind of mm, wishing there was yeah. more, right? So that's, that's why I specifically asked about it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's a great idea. <laughs> Kobe is usually full of great ideas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Before we get you out of here, boss, we're going to ask you a couple of silly questions, kind of take us on a bit of a high note. I think you should make them East Coast, East Coast centric this time, Justin. Well, I was going to say, I was going to (laughs) say, as an East Coaster, what's your favorite version of Scott and Scuff? Of what? Scott and Scuff. I've never even heard of that, man. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a it's a Newfie dish, which is I think very popular in like Nova Scotia too or New Brunswick. I'm not sure, but it's just basically yeah. like another way of saying fish and chips for the most part. Oh man, fish and chips. Yeah, no, not big on that. Sorry, <laughs> not to ruin your question. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Usually, well, I'll ask you the standard question then. Um, being Canadian, I'm sure you've had a poutine before, but what is uh-huh. your poutine of choice? Man, every poutine I get is like, this looks amazing, right? So you buy this massive (laughs) poutine and you load the gravy to it and the cheese curds and all that. And then you get into it 
for me, I get like halfway through it. I'm like, this is too rich to finish. <laughs> I've never finished one, I don't think. Yeah, sorry. Not stereotypical <laughs> enough for you, bro. Sorry. That's totally okay. Have you had a beaver tail, my dude? No, heard of them though. <laughs> oh, they're so good. But you got to try one whenever you come to Toronto. We'll, uh, we'll for sure try to try to get you one. There you go. All right. And before we get you gone, uh, can you let us know where our fans can find you on social media? Yeah, we're at Fight League Atlantic and on YouTube, Fight League Atlantic as well. Get on our YouTube and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. We're posting content all the time. Our YouTube gets like all our highlight videos and interviews and stuff go up there, podcasts. And then on Instagram, like we're sharing, you know, highlight clips and promo videos and stuff all the time. So it's a it's a steady stream of content. And uh, that's it, man. Hold on one sec. Canadian whiskey or Newfie Screech? Oh, Canadian whiskey. Newfie Screech go. is like wrong made to make it. There, I knew one of your ball. questions. <laughs> I knew, yeah, I knew what a beaver tail was at least. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sean. Good, good having you on again, buddy. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience where no sport is left behind.